You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show. Great to have your company on a lovely spring day. Kimbo on the Roots with you for the next two hours. Thanks to our great friends at Hyundai and Balfour's. We are live from Studio Lumo SA right here at number one King William Street in the city. Let's welcome the Roots. Party people! Roots, here he is. Roots, here he is. Hey. Roots. Hello, Michelangelo. No, let's get it right. Let's welcome back Kim Dillon. Where's the applause? Where's the banner? Yes, I don't think we need... Welcome back, Kim. Yes, thank you. Let's not go off early, Roach. Still not not batting a thousand. That's sad. Oh, if anyone's out there that's had the lurgy and it's just stayed on their chest, tell me how to get rid of it. Now, reassure us it's not COVID, is it? No, it's definitely not. No, I've done uh, a couple of rats tests. No, I just haven't been able to get rid of this cough and staying very calm, Rooch, because if I get mildly excited, and you cracked a joke a little earlier, and that set me into a coughing fit for another 15 minutes. I won't won't say anything about you owing Matt Randell a year's load of coffee then, will I? Well, I did bring that up to him, and um, he brushed it aside. (laughs) He said he declined the bet. Did he? Yeah. That was a couple of weeks ago. Very generous of Yeah. Well, as I said, you look up oxymoron, you see talent scouts, eh? Yeah, oh. They're, they're there to, to identify talent, and it's right under their nose. Right. Hey, so, there's someone going to be doing that at Port Adelaide. That who... was bringing up Matt Crouch very, very early, Rooch. Right. We'll get to your breaking story yeah. in a moment. Uh, guest coming up tonight, 4 o'clock, Justine Mules. Port Adelaide brave again in the AFLW, Rooch, but finishing uh, they, where we thought they'd be. Uh, they're, they're great at effort, great at staying in the contest. Mm. Just can't finish their work, Kim. It's it's a real very, tough test for them. Very early score. days. Uh, yep. Two thirds of their side had never been exposed to this True. level of skill and certainly pressure. Yep. So twenty five point loss there. We'll have a chat to Juzzy. That's at four o'clock. Chad Sayers, former Redback and Australian cricketer, day two at the Adelaide Oval between South Australia and Tasmania. Have you got an update there? I just turned off the phone. I'm sorry about that. But South Australia did make uh, 227. 227, not The other interesting bit about that is Tim Payne playing for Tasmania and the runs didn't come for him. Two he made. So that's not great start for him, and I'm just trying to call up. Anyway, you carry on. I'll get you the shield. All score. right, yeah, get us the shield scores, Rooch. You knew that was coming up. Yeah, I, you get well, slack when I'm phone, not here. The way phone went off. No, did it? Yep. Yeah, oh, I can tell you now. South Australia, 227 in their first dig, after 77 overs. Tasmania is six for 189, 38 runs behind the Redbacks. All right, we've got to clean them up then. Day two. Hmm. 
how does that place with the what the tail does for well, Tassie? We'll go to an expert. Chad Sars yep. will join us at 4.35. 5 o'clock, John Casey. Always good to have a chat to uh, Case, the voice of basketball. 36 has got a win on the board, only game two for them. I'm not bought. I don't know if you spoke about it. I'm not bought on this going over to America so close to the start of a season. I think it's pretty important to them, though, Kim. All those relationships between the NBA and the NBL. I know you, your point on timing's mm. valid, but I don't you think know, they get slow to... starts in recent seasons. Yeah, you're so. right. But it's a pretty important commercial, promotional relationship deal for them. So I think that's one where they have to just fit Suck into what the NBA says. We'll ask Johnny Boy about yeah. that. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. We're live and interactive. Thanks to our good friends at Balfour's. A Balfour's in one hand, your team's colours in the other. Alphas are for the game. All right, a lot to get through. Roach, uh, you had some good news for the Port Adelaide faithful. Robbie Gray has retired as a player, but we knew because Ken Inkley made it very clear in that final match, there was no way they were going to let Robbie Gray slip into retirement but not be involved at Port Adelaide. So he's going to do exactly what was forecast. He's going to take on a role in their recruiting and list management. You know, the running line about Robbie Gray knowing talent, you talk about being under your nose. Mm. He can certainly identify it. So he's going to take on the role of working alongside Jeff Parker as the National Recruiting Manager at Port Adelaide and Jason Cripps as list manager at a time when there's a fair bit of interest in Jason Cripps, particularly after Grant Thomas has put on the table, he should be the number one target. Whatever happens at St Kilda coaching-wise, they need to sort out their list management team. I was on the deathbed, Roach. Couldn't believe what happened to Brett Ratton. Staggered. Staggered. How do people that make those decisions keep their jobs? That That is another example. If they were businessmen playing with their own money, it would have been a different story altogether. You do the review before you mm. rehire the coach, don't you? Like, I understand what was said at St Kilda. Commitment to Brett Ratton to tell him by mid-season. Well, telling him at mid-season, we're going to look at everything, is still telling him something, isn't it? Why would you give him a two-year contract if you're about to launch into a massive review of your football program? Come to the end of it and say, oh, well, the coach is not the coach we need. Surely, how do you come to a conclusion to re-sign 93 days later sack? And to be for him to be as blindsided and as hurt from it Absolutely. as he was. Well, that's twice. And good on him for fighting for those seven hours and that week yeah. to try and justify his position. I mean, the list isn't that good. I'm not sure what the expectations are. I saw a text that came through a little bit earlier, uh, 0427154166. They said, uh, a St Kilda supporter said, the only way this could get worse if this... Is is if if Max King goes to play with Ben at the Gold Coast? Mm, well, what, imagine imagine what would, that. What would you expect from here? Now, mm. Ross Lyon is there. The second moment. It's just everyone is pushing that agenda. It seems so obvious that Ross Lyon fits back into St Kilda, but is it that obvious? Nothing surprises me any more, Rooch. One thing I know is, no matter how bad your club's going, just hold your breath because someone, someone, else. someone will do something ridiculous. Do you think the boys at Essendon are sitting there, oh, thank goodness thank someone else is and, going and, down and this North path. Melbourne, and North Melbourne. Now, Roach, before we move on to a few other matters, uh, there was a very special moment in the World Cup. Your favourite nation. Namibia. <laughs> you've never been able to say. Namibia. Namibia. Uh, Texas comes through from Mario. <laughs> Hello, Mario. Oh, Mario. I've missed you. Uh, congratulations on Namibia, the inaugural winners of the Michelangelo Rucci Cup versus Sri Lanka. Let's have a listen to how it uh, concluded. 
Last ball of the 19th over. Wiesa up into the air. There's a player coming around at mid-wicket on the fence. Is this it? Yes, it is! The catch is taken and history's made! Namibia with their greatest ever international cricket win. Well done, Namibia. Yeah, Namibia. Now start getting their name right, Roach. All righty, so we've got that. There's been a few more delistings today. It's not a great time of the year. It's a brutal industry, but it's the way the industry works. Well, by one count that I've seen today, we're up to 99 delistings. So that's 99 people getting sacked and losing their employment. Effectively, yeah, you're right. Although some are on promises that they'll be picked up again in the drafts that proceed. We're going to go through the delistings a little bit later, Brooch, and... uh, We'll give our opinion on who should be given a lifeline. Bear in mind, there's a minimum of three required at every club anyway. So you're already looking at, well, what, 30, 54 already, aren't you, before Mm. you start? All right, what's happening at the Western Bulldogs? Oh, the Western Bulldogs. Well, first, let's do the retirement. Steph Martin, who's played 203 games, 15 seasons, three clubs, Melbourne, Brisbane, the Western Bulldogs, has said, that's it, I'm going, clearing out my locker, see you somewhere else at some reunion. So that's the end of Steph Martin's career. He's got the best out of it, hasn't he? Oh, definitely. Squeezed every... Yeah. Bit of juice out of it, possible. 15 years. Yeah. Quite a... And no one expected him to go on, so that's not huge news. But Mitch Wallace, 29 years of age. Sad one. 162 games. What you would describe as spiritual, soul, life and blood of your footy club at the Western Bulldogs, okay? And someone that got pushed out of the midfield because their midfield's so good years ago. Made a niche in the forward line, but it's it's hard to be a permanent mid-forward. So he was wanting one more year at the Western Bulldogs. The Western Bulldogs list management team said, no, he's going to try to find another club, which could it could be interesting when we go through that list of who's a contender to have someone knock on the door and say, we're going to give you another lifeline to this game. It's going to be interesting if Mitch Wallace is among those players. Yeah. Now, he's had problems with a foot that's kept him out of the He had surgery, which... It's a bit challenging in recent times. So we'll there'll be to, an interesting medical for him as well. Yeah, we'll get to the list and those that have been delisted and may get another chance shortly, and everyone can have their say on that. Uh, North Melbourne. This is fascinating, this one. So Jed Anderson is at Hawthorne under Alistair Clarkson, moves to North Melbourne. Alistair Clarkson comes to North Melbourne. Jed Anderson's told you delisted. 28 years of age. Not completely finished, is he? No, I wouldn't have thought so. He's a heart and soul player as well and had injuries this year. So they delisted another four along with uh, Josh Walker. Uh, just Josh Walker can play. Yeah. How so, tall? We'll, we'll check oh, that out. Oh, I didn't have a look at the book. I didn't got the book in here. There's um, one that Paul can grab. Tall defender that can mark. Yeah, they do need one, don't they? Yeah. They certainly do need one. We'll check they out his data. Benny, we'll get Benny to check that. that. He's having a look now, actually. Increase the depth on that. Were you surprised by... Geelong and Port not being able to reach uh, some sort of conclusion with Asava Radigalia? Well, we know that Chris Scott likes him. He yeah, sees okay. plenty of upside. They're just such a damn good side. There's no room for him at the moment. So they needed to get something really special. Well, what would have that been? Well, I'm not sure, Roach. Probably first round you didn't have to oh, give. No. Well, that, round, well, I, th- I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. They, they demand a lot. I understand. They don't that. grow on trees. Yeah, I get your point. Uh, Walker, six foot six, one ninety seven. Give him a third club or fourth club, is it? One ninety seven. It's not quite two oh one as we were hoping earlier in the show. Where were you about Port getting a two oh one centimetre? One ninety seven. Yeah, defender. interesting. Um, yeah. Ninety nine players, Kim. All righty. We'll get into those very shortly. A few texts coming through, Roach. Uh, I agree with Roach for once. Crow's delisting of Turner is poor form. No respect mm. for player or Sandville. Change the rules so mid season get. 
two years contract, Matt and Brizzy. Yeah, we spoke about this, Roach, when I was on a couple of weeks ago, that it would have been, I, I believe he'll be given a lifeline. Look, if it is nothing more than a list management move to follow the rules that you yep. have to do list three, and there is a commitment to pick him up, understanding that every commitment to pick up is based on no one else touches him mm. in the preseason draft or the rookie draft. No issue. If, as long as he's got an AFL gig at the end of this whole process, you understand that. My understanding is the Crows will take him back. And if they don't, shame on them because you cannot exactly. turn someone's life upside down. Yep. He's got a family business. Pull him out of that. Put more pressure on the family. Uh, just for six months, so you've got to that, be fair dinkum about it. On that it. text message... This is a whole issue now about just what sort of contracts you put in front of people. Is it, if you're taking it out in a mid-season draft, it's got to be at least 18 months, not six. Mm. If you're taken as a first-round draftee, should it be three years? Should it be four years instead of two? There's a bit to debate here. But the Turner one is, there's got to be a pretty rock-solid commitment from Adelaide to pick him up after... Holding him for six I would months. Like, I would like to think so, but yep. I like what Matt's saying. We've touched on it before, and this will protect the Sandfell as well. If you're going to pick someone up in a mid-season draft, give them two years. Make that the rule. Yeah, well, at least 18 months. Yeah, or 18, yeah. Yeah, because that gets you through half. And it gives the them another season. Another 18 months, yeah, I 18 think, months would be fair. got to be the minimum contract. Good uh, text, Matt. I hope the weather's okay up there in Brizzy. Uh, here's another one that's come through. Welcome back, Kimbo. I hope you're back to full strength soon. So do I. Uh, do you guys think Port should target... Oh, Josh Walker as a key defender. Uh, he's just been delisted by North Melbourne. Oh, we just spoke about that. That's from Joey. Um, Joey, I think he can play. And you get him in a better program. Yep. You, you always become a better player when you've got better players around you. Correct. And they need they need depth in that defence. Yeah. And um, looks a bit harsh. If I had a choice between him and the cannon, I would probably go to Josh Walker. Okay. Goes all right. Well, you might as well have, might as well have both and make the choice... Week um, by week, as they oh, say. Oh, I've got a nice text here. Great to have you back, Kimbo. The show's um, enjoyable with you at the helm. Thank you for that. Well, that makes an interesting choice of Port now, doesn't it? Because they seem to be wanting to look at Francis Evans from Geelong. Small forward. Now, Josh Walker's in that mix. How would that list management debate go? Do they say, well, we've... Picked up Junior Rioli. We'll keep backing in Arazza Fantasia. We've kept Jed McEntee on a contract. Mm. We do have an issue in defence. And you've, to... you've delisted Sam Skinner, who was your backup. It didn't yeah. work. That no. was unfortunate. Three knee recos. Yeah. It's a good thought, this one. Good yeah. debate for them in those uh, list management rooms. Hey, we'll go to a break. We'll get through to these uh, other ones shortly. Um, oh, actually, before we do that, Roots, let's talk AFLW quickly. Oh, yeah. We were worried uh, how Adelaide would perform against Brisbane. They are the new benchmark. I think we said it in round two. They're the real deal. Yep, agreed. Because they have genuine leg speed and uh, their skill set is good and aggression. They can score. They yeah. can score. Uh, they, they play a wonderful brand of footy. This is Matthew Clark after the Crows went down by 22 points. Uh, yeah, I thought we started pretty strongly, but from second quarter onwards, the uh, Lions pretty much owned the game. Their pressure was just at a higher level than ours. Uh, and we weren't able to, you know, weren't able to sort of manage that pressure well. And on the flip side, uh, when we came at them, they were able to get the ball to the outside and they used the ball really efficiently going forward. So we, we got outplayed. So where does this put Adelaide in the sense that we know the top four has been a big race between Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne and Collingwood? Yep. 
We've seen Richmond come along pretty uh, nicely. Throw Geelong recently. in there as well. Geelong's sitting along in fifth place, and Melbourne. Adelaide play them this Friday night. So on your calculations, with two games to play, top spot out of reach. Yeah, yeah, won't can't get there. Right, second uh, spot. Uh, no, won't get there either. When you look at the draw, because Melbourne have Essendon and the West Coast Eagles, okay. so that would be tick tick. You would yep. imagine Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane, they're they're up there. They stay number so, one. So that means they're not going to play home final the first week. I, I think Adelaide will finish third. They should beat North. Uh, sorry, they should beat uh, Geelong. Yep. And then they have St Kilda at Moorabbin. So I'd say that Adelaide will finish third, which puts them in an away final, probably with Melbourne. Yes. Oh, grand final rematch to start with. That's interesting. Well, better them. than going up to Brisbane. I agree. Yeah, much agree. better than going up to uh, Brisbane. Yeah. But given, having said that, they do have to play against uh, Geelong this week. Um, so that one's at 10 past five. Unley Oval should get a good crowd. Should. Knock yep. off work and just head down to Unley yep. Oval. Yep. Get down should the Cremorne, have a couple there first, and then uh, cheer should the girls on. Yep. All right, we'll take a break. We'll hear from Lauren Arnell on the other side of the break. Just a reminder, Justine Mules at 4 p.m., uh, 4.30, Chad Sayers, and at 5 p.m., John Casey. I sound very serious, but I, I, I understand. if I start laughing, Rich, I'll start coughing. Don't do that. No. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. the Three fifty-five on a Monday afternoon. Uh, kids back at school. They're all walking past the building, giving high five to us. Rich, remember those days? School, school. No, you don't, do you? I do. Oh, good. I do vividly. Good. You haven't cracked my age. <laughs> no. uh, just, at, just at your willingness to go <laughs> to school. What do you mean? Well, you weren't that excited by it, were you? I loved all my schoolmates. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I wasn't uh, <laughs> most attentive student. No, it's interesting, the reading stuff you'd take to school. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, Rich. I'll Sorry. start coughing. Sorry. Uh, yes, I got... Actually, you might be needed soon to do a bit more reading of the Greyhound form guide. Our man, our Greyhound man's not... No good. Oh, Toddy Gray. Uh, he hasn't been good recently. No, you've got to look over the duration, Rich. Right. Yeah, you can long, all, the long stretch. Yeah, you can all get on the wrong leg. Right. Uh, Todd Gray, very, very good tipster. He'll be with us again on Thursday. Uh, SEN's T20 World Cup coverage continues today. Catch every ball of the West Indies v Scotland and Zimbabwe v Ireland live from Bell Reve Oval on SEN Fanatic and the SEN app with David Lithgow, Alex Doolan and Brett Jeeves. Just a bit of an update there. Scotland's won for 59 after 7.2 overs. Australia's also playing a warm-up game against India. After almost 19 overs, India is 5 for 175 and... At Adelaide Oval, they all Australia, out? no, 227 in the first dig. Yep. Tassie, 6 for 196, 31 runs behind. They haven't dropped a wicket, Roach, in um, the so they'd be a tea now, wouldn't they? we've been on. So, well, they're at T, aren't they? That may have something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Techs are coming through thick and fast. We appreciate those. Uh, Rucci and Kimbo. It's Lance here from Birkenhead. G'day, Lance. Is Radagalia a free agent next year? If he doesn't re-sign, could Port get him next year? No, he's going to be a, what they call a pre-agent. It plays in his seventh year, not his eighth year. Eighth year is when you get free agency. But he will be out of contract, so you still have to be a player. Geelong would have to trade out of their system to Port Adelaide if Port's still interested. But he's certainly not going to be a free agent yet. 
So he's one of those players who wisely, in on his interests, made sure that he just came out just before free agency to make it all options open for him. And he'll have plenty of uh, suitors as well. Here's a text. This is Mario again. Ruti had more partners last week than at a swingers party. Uh, That's true. Uh, working a little blue there, Mario. True. It's a revolving door of co-hosts. It was, wasn't it? Uh, it's an auditioning process. Was it? Yes. Auditioning for what? Well, you just never know, Rooch. Oh, true. Hey, boys. Here's another text. Delisting, tough on Turner, but Cats did the same to Zane Williams. Tony from Torrensville. Mm, yeah, yes. Yeah, look, they have There's to... a few of those around, aren't there? Yep. That's, that's no question, but the Turner one, you can't just bring someone in like that and then no. cut them loose. And why, why do it to them when he was injured anyway? If you're not going to give him yeah, But least... if it's purely a semantic thing whereby D-list to redraft, as long as there is that solid commitment that he is playing AFL, and if he does fall to another club, well, he's still in the AFL system, good luck to him. Is a different point of view from Ryan says, uh, hey guys, playing devil's advocate here, Brett Turner is also fully aware of the six-month contract yeah. when nominating for the yeah. mid-season draft. That. And it is his choice to go down that path. Also do believe he ends up on the rookie list. Yeah, I think he oh, will. On, what, does it, what does it mean by it's... Brett doesn't get a call on what contract he gets from Adelaide. It's not as if he says... No, but he's saying that Brett agrees to taking the six months. Yeah, well... If, so if, no he, one, if he'd have asked for 18, what do you think would have happened? They would have said yeah, no. no. but he's yeah. just saying that. I, yeah, everyone's going to take their opportunity to go into the AFL system, yeah, aren't they? That's, exactly. what he's, that's what he's saying. Uh, that's, that's not suggest that he asked for six instead of 18. Or no two. one even said that, Roach. No, I'm just... Well, why would you even muddy the waters with... Because there might have been in the text a context of he chose six. No, there wasn't. No context like that. He's saying he was aware of it. Yes. And it was his choice to accept it. Um. Well, he wasn't going to just say, no, see you later, I'm staying with Glenelg, is he? Well, he might have. Well, I think once you nominate you in your draft form, you're pretty well committed to going. Well, you are, aren't you, Kim? Well, you're trying to chase down a lifetime dream, aren't exactly. you? So you're not going to say no. Yep. Uh, here's one. Uh, Port Blewett prioritising Rioli ahead of Radigalia. Cough up the cash next year or the we exist to win premierships is just spin. Chris from Wool Bay. I'd like him to explain how else they were going to do this because in the end, Rioli becomes critical to get a Jason Horn francis because they needed to work with West Coast. I mean, it would have been lovely if, if it would have been just Rioli for a late second-round pick, something like that, but they had to work Rioli into Jason Horn francis into GWS, into Fremantle. It was quite complicated in the end. Uh, draft pick trading starts today for the next two weeks. Yes, everyone can look at where they are in the draft order and say whether they need to get there earlier or whether they need more points for father-son or academy picks. So there'll be a few phone calls going around the place. You've got pick 44. What can we offer you for it? The AFL, they've always got something on the bubble to keep on the back page, haven't they? they All right, it's just after four o'clock. Justine Mills coming up next. Just after four o'clock, Kimbo on the reach with you. Thanks to our good friends at Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Looking forward to chatting to our next guest. She was part of the side that went down to North Melbourne at Alberton Oval on Saturday by 25 points. It was a solid first half by Port Adelaide. What about what about her first quarter? She was on fire. Oh, couldn't be stopped. It went from a, uh, a feather duster to a rooster. Dropped the chess mark, then snapped a brilliant goal. Oh, it was strategic. Hey? It was all a plan. It was all a to put plan, the defender off. Off guard and on the wrong side. She played it beautifully. I say it with all the girls, but one of our <laughs> favourites, Justine Mills. Josie, thanks for joining us. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And it wasn't 25. It was only 15. Oh, 15, 15 was it? <laughs> God, why was it 15? Well, look, it, ugh, unfortunately, we did lose. But, um, yes, we did get the loss. But I'm, I'm very proud of how we, how we played in that first half. It was exceptionally good. So at least we've got some positives out of it. Well, you were very much on fire at the beginning, Justine. What, what motivated you to be such a firebrand in that Port Adelaide attack? I think just with our last couple of weeks, you know, we've had a, we've had um, quite a few harsh losses. So I think the entire squad just wanted to come out firing, and uh, we had such a great session um, yeah. on the track during the week. Um, we really focused on some key areas, especially as a forward group. Um, so I think, yeah, just our connection piece that we're building on is it's getting closer and closer, which is why I think we had such a strong half. Before we get into the game and next week's game as well, when you take on St Kilda, we said this to Ange Foley when we were chatting to her last week. Uh, you come from a winning program. How have you found it uh, being at Port Adelaide this year? I know there's a great vibe there, but not getting the Ws after yeah. all the hard work. Yeah, it is a bit of a... It's a it's an odd feeling, losing, Um but um, just knowing that the, the bigger picture stuff, you know, every every week we're growing as as a group, and obviously some of the young ones are having um having a great first ever season. So just those small little um, small little growth in each each player and also as a team is my is the wins that I get um, from. So that yeah, that's what I see from for me. Winning is definitely those individual and and team growth aspects, which is I find really exciting and um really worthwhile. For example, Lily, Lily Jono, um, her getting her first ever goal. Like those, those moments I'll, she'll never forget and I'm just so glad that I've, I'm, I'm there to be a part of it all as well. So yeah, definitely those little wins uh, make it worthwhile for me. Justine, just to keep it on you, Ange Foley says she's revitalised playing her best footy ever. It's just like new energy for her to have a new start. Is the same thing happening to you? Yeah, absolutely. I am... Um, Obviously had a, a great career being at the Crows, but I think just for me, um, just as a person, just learning and developing and a bit more of that leadership style as well. Um, completely different take from my footy career, so that's given me a little bit more oomph in my in my life inside and outside of footy. So yeah, definitely I can uh, agree with, with what Andrew said. And the difference between the coaches that you've had, you've had Matt Clark, we know he's had a lot of success, he's very calm and balanced, and now yeah. Lauren Arnell, uh, the difference in their personalities and game style? Um, Lauren also has a, a warmth sense of calmness amongst mm. herself as well. So very some similarities, but... Um, yeah, obviously I've had I've been coached by by Clark and also and Goddard and they're all just incredible human beings. So I know each each coach has got their own dif, uh, different ways of teaching teaching the side, but yeah, they're all just incredible human beings. So I can't I can't fault any of them. And the game plan or the game style? Yeah, we want to really emphasise on the Port Adelaide way. Um, you know, just that real um, ferocious speed type of football style is, is that's ultimately what we're going for so over time we're we're starting to show glimpses of it now which is really cool so obviously over time the more we build that connection piece um that poor Adelaide footy way will definitely come out Justine no one will fault you for your effort and the way in which you just keep going as a team but you're not getting all the rewards that you deserve what what is it about being able to create opportunities but not finish them at the moment I guess it's just that that learning piece. We knew it was going to be very tough, obviously, on the expansion side. Um, half the squad's never played AFLW before. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like I said before, taking those small little wins and obviously over time they're going to create those 
the, the bigger picture, hopefully winning a few more games next season. And, you know, I don't think we'll be too far off a premiership in the next couple of years. <laughs> so, so what is more pressing here, getting the right talent in that forward mix or getting the right movement to the forwards at the moment? I think our forwards, just making sure that we are working well individually and together. I know the past couple of weeks we've had some troubles trying to keep keep our shape. So, yeah. you know, this the game against the Roos, we held our shape a lot better compared to the last two, three weeks. So I think that is a group as, as well that's been our, our main focus. And I think we did that. We did a really good job of that on the weekend. You got a big... um, so, and obviously our movement ahead of the ball too. We need to work on that a bit more. Mm. Justine, you've got a big opportunity this week. You play St Kilda, and that's not speaking poorly of St Kilda, but they're only a game and a half ahead of you. It's 14th v 16th. You've got another away trip. There's only mm-hmm. two games to go. It's gone in a blink, hasn't it? Oh, I definitely have. I um, I can't believe, you know, pre-season was only about 10, 10 weeks. You know, creating a squad is only 10 weeks to, to build and grow and I guess to learn everyone's names, so that's been quite difficult. You know, we're still learning names as we go. Um, but, yeah, only two weeks left, so we're going to give it everything we've got and uh, look forward on to, to season two with Port Adelaide. Justine, tell us the story behind the Lily Johnson goal and the response from every player who just came in and just bowled everyone over with mm-hmm. a celebration at almost at half time. <laughs> it was extraordinary. Well, Why such a response? Uh, I think because, well, that was her first ever game of AFLW. She's had an excellent pre-season and it was just so exciting to see her get rewarded and to, to play a great game and also to get a goal like that was absolutely unreal. I remember watching it from the sidelines and I hope no one got the camera on me because I was just jumping up and down. Um, but yeah, like I've obviously I played quite a bit, quite a few games of football before I ever had my first ever AFLW goal. So for her to achieve it on her first ever game, was incredible. Yeah, it was an exciting time of the game too because it was Great well kick. and truly alive. It was a beautiful a kick. kick from 40 metres mm. out. It was an absolute ripper. Great yeah, composure. Absolutely. Hey, we wish you all the very best for this week against St Kilda. The game gets underway at 12.40 Adelaide time. It's at RSEA Park. Moorabbin. Yeah, Moorabbin. Have you played there before? I have played there before. It is a, a lovely oval. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Do you Gee, have a, very you have few a, people yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, as long as we get a nice oval that, that's not too flooded, we're happy. Okay. Do you have a favourite oval? Um, oh, I reckon Alberton at the moment is my favourite, especially with the, uh, with the crowds that we're getting and the atmosphere there. It's, it's, quite, um, it's quite something special. Oh, mm. better than Adelaide Oval. Hey, good luck on, uh, when is it? Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Sunday afternoon, yep. Yes, Sunday. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Justine. Justine Mills, an absolute beauty. Another one that's all reinvigorated yep. and leading the way with with what is a very, very young side. And as Justine mentioned, the younger players there, they've never been exposed to that type of scrutiny and pressure in a match before. Mm, so Port Adelaide finishes against St Kilda on the road and then comes home to finish against Essendon. That will be their 10-game season. It's been... Been a mix of stuff, hasn't it, Kim? Because they've I think there's shown been a lot of really energy, good, a good lot of signs. There's yeah. been good signs. Um, yeah. I think at the start of the year, Rich, I said uh, if they could get three wins, it'd be huge. Mm, they're one and a half. Yeah, one and a half. But there's been good signs. Yep, no good doubt signs. about that. At all. It's great the way the Port Faithful have got behind the girls Indeed. as well. We need to take a break. We're here thanks to the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It is in stock now. If you want to have your say on matters sports, zero four two seven one five four one double six. 
a Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Sixteen on a Monday afternoon, we're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. And our good friends at Hyundai, the Tucson Turbo Diesel, is in stock now. Uh, Justine Mules was our guest just then. A text coming through. What a ripping goal, Jules. We love you. That's from Annie. Oh, hello, Annie. Annie loves everyone involved with Port Adelaide. And then there's another one, just to drag the mood down, Rooch. My goodness, I'm so sick of hearing the Port Adelaide way. What rot. Um, I'm not a fan of that saying, but for every club, though, Rooch, because you hear it's well, the Collingwood way. Yeah, well, it's a trademark the, sort of thing. I know, it? I know, I know what it means. Um, Just got to get Gary Rowan to do an assessment on every club and then we'll be fine. Don't make me laugh, Rooch. Sorry. I'll start coughing. Uh, Bretty boy. Hello, Brett. Uh, Justine, we're all proud of the effort you girls are putting in and the goal scoring will come with a bit of determination. Keep it up. I think there's been really good signs for the Port Adelaide AFLW program. Good yep. foundation. Yeah. be interesting to see what happens next year. But we've got some breaking news Ooh, on yeah. the AFLW, and it's not good for Crows fans. No. Crows AFLW captain Chelsea Randall is going to miss probably three, maybe five weeks with a high-grade ankle mm. sprain. She suffered that in the last quarter of that loss to Brisbane at Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast on Friday night. Now, at this point, there's no indication that it needs any surgery. I think Phil Harper's saying that scans have shown Chelsea suffered a high-grade ankle sprain after landing awkwardly from a marking contest. Chelsea will be pushing hard to be fit to play for finals, and we will do all we can to support her in her rehab. Now, They can't three... win a flag without a brooch. Well, that's a big call. No, they can't. Okay. And it happened a couple of years ago when she was yeah, out with concussion. concussion. And uh, she was the difference there. Typical Randall Market was, though. Yeah. Just going yeah. back. She's, she's fearless. She um, is. Young girl from Brisbane that uh, put the elbow on the forearm into her head. Has there been – I haven't checked I yet. I haven't seen any Have there been review? any reviews? We'll have a look for that. Yeah, uh, I would suggest that girl will get a couple of weeks. You can't put a forearm into the face that of someone. Be, oh, no, they come out on Monday. They do them all in one lot, don't they, AFLW? Yeah, so it might be out a little we'll bit later. And you know I'm a bit of a softie with this. I don't like hanging anyone. But yep. if you put an elbow or a forearm in someone's yep. face, Chelsea had to go off and get stitches from the incident. She was lying on the ground. It wasn't in a passage of play, yeah. uh, and she actually fessed up to it at the end of the game when she was interviewed, saying, oh, that's not what I'm about, you know. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. As if to say I had a moment. Uh, we'll stand by for that one because yes. that would hurt. Uh, oh, her name escapes me. Uh, send us a text. All right. I'm blaming the medication. Rightio. You want uh, some cricket scores? Because there's a bit yep. going on around in the cricket world. So India has finished... It's 20 innings in the T20 warm-up game against Australia. They made seven for 186, Kim. That's after Australia won the toss and chose to field. They're just now going out to bat, needing mm. 187 to win. Scotland is two for 85 after 11.3 overs against the West Indies. Tasmania, you ready for this? They have lost a couple of wickets since we've last looked. Yeah, they'll be, they're, uh, they're eight for 235. 217. Oh, so we're still that's all right. 10 runs ahead. So that might be line ball on first innings, well, but that's not. Well, it would hmm. be, Rooch. What do you mean it might be? Well, I've been here before and well, I've seen tails gonna wag. A, you think they're going to make 100, extra 100? <laughs> well, we only saw this last week. 
I was off. Um, all right, you got any more there? No, that's it. Bit that's more energy, Roots. Oh, if Come you want, on. if you want the WA Victoria game, WA is two for two hundred and sixty-five. They chose to bat against Victoria, so that's it. That's all the live score updates from the world of cricket. All right, we both, we both can't be quiet and boring today. All right, you've, you've got to keep the humour levels yeah, up. Yeah, but if I make you laugh, you just go into a coughing fit. Well, it's only happened twice. There <laughs> 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 it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You are not well, are you? Oh, uh, dearie. Uh, I've got a doctor's appointment at 8 o'clock. Good. Wednesday morning. Um, another one. Um, and shame on me for laughing at my own jokes then. Um, here's one. Kim, what do you think of the absurdly irresponsible Rankin deal that Kane and Roach carried on about for weeks that ended up being three years? But Jason Horn francis at six years is understandable now. That's from Costa. Have you been having a crack at Adelaide, were you? No, I've just been reporting what everyone else was reporting, Kim. It's not as if we made it up. Everyone was going, even you knew it was, the, the word was five years in the 800 range. When it became I knew three, the 800 range. I didn't we know all were the told five. term. Now, Costa can have a crack, but when there's so many sources that had the same information, it's not something's made up, Costa. That so were you not was, happy with five years? I, I couldn't care less about five years. That was... Okay. You've got a, a solid player there who was you want Kane to Kane having a crack. Well, Kane hates long-term yeah. contracts. So has he been with the six years for Horn Francis? Oh, no, he says he understands it, which for my for oh, mine, right. I think, I mean, if, if only you could get the, well, you've got no clarity in this game. So you can actually then make some reasoned discussion as to, so we understand Jason Horn Francis absorbs one year at North Melbourne because he's got a two-year contract. In there. I get that. Adding on five, well, then you go, it's a big investment in the kid, isn't it? And I don't, I don't know who this, one, this contract favours. Does it favour Port Adelaide? Because if he does actually live up to everything we know of him and we've seen of him, is it going to be like Alistair Lynch? Remember when Alistair Lynch did the 10-year mm. deal at Brisbane? He shortchanged himself. So unless you've got clarity as to where – and I mean tr- true transparency. So we can look at it and say, okay, if it's starting at – 400 in year three, and it goes to anywhere around 700 or 800, depending on what this CBA does and all the percentages that are in there. Is that actually going to be the best deal for him or the best deal for Port Adelaide? And Rankin's deal, when we spoke, uh, oh, who was it, with Matt Rendell, the fact that it then puts him in that pre-free agency moment where he can use that Mm. to get the best deal possible. I get that now. I say, well, that's working for Isaac Rankin. If I was Adelaide, I would have been happy to put five years on the table because it locks him in. You always got to pay overs when you want to get someone out of a club. Oh yeah, but and, it uh, no, but in five all honesty, and six years if they Kim, if it had been five and six, it would have been fine with Kim. Me. It doesn't look like they did pay overs for Rankin to get him out of Gold Coast. It was so much that he wanted to get home. I think they've done themselves the bargain of a lifetime. But what we don't know is, is it one of those bargains that because it's a pre-agency one before he gets free agency, he cashes in later in his. Well, Career. that will depend on his form. Exactly. And, and that's then, the way it should yeah, be. And if his form's good enough, they'll be happy to pay. That's that, the way it should be. That's how it works. Yep. That's how it used to work in this industry, Roach. Uh, hello, boys. Oh, Zane Williams. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're talking about Brett Turner being delisted. Uh, Zane Williams, he had to give up his job and move into state. I think in these cases where a player has to move into state, a mandatory 18-month contract should be offered. That's from the Wimp. G'day, Wimpy. Well, Mr. Brooksby would have liked that, wouldn't have he? How many times did he go on these deals and didn't last to the second year? Yeah, Abby's got him now. <laughs> They've done long distance for four years. Uh, Louis, 
Louis, I did see one of your texts come through late when I came in and did that half day before I went off coughing. Um, he's very happy that Jason Horn Francis is at Port Adelaide. Yeah. He says, welcome back, Kimbo. I'm glad you survived the weekend. <laughs> Bored to death I was. Uh, watched a bit of racing, though, and uh, obviously the AFLW, Rich, just on the racing. We've got to go to another break, but when we come back, because there was some unbelievable racing that took place on the weekend, the Caulfield Cup and the Everest. We'll have a quick look at that after the break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to our good friends at Hyundai, the Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. And Balfour's. They've been baking people happy since 1853. Uh, Chad Sayers coming up after the 4.30 news. John Casey after 5 to talk NBL. Text has come through from Louis. I wouldn't be surprised if Port throw a contract at Josh Walker. Louis, I agree with you. I think he's worth a throw at the stumps. I'm not sure how old he is. I don't think it matters. 197 centimetres. What's McKenzie? 191. 191. Who else is back there? What's Alir Alir? I think he's 195. 195. And Tommy Jonas would be 190. We shouldn't guess Probably. because we can look it up. Say the names again one by one and I'll go through Oh, Alir Alir. Alir Alir, 194. 194. Okay. Tommy Jonas? Tom Jonas is 188. All right. And Tom, Tom Cleary? Tom Cleary. 194. 193. 193. But do you trust the book? Uh, well, we'll go with it. I think that's about right because okay. Josh Walker's a bigger unit. Uh, he's been delisted today. If you wondered why we're talking about it, um, can play. Can play footy. Uh, Jason Horn Francis, someone says about you, Rooch, you love the Jason Horn Francis contract with an exclamation mark. Talking of exclamation marks. Do I? Yes, I think you do. Oh, I'm glad that he's there. Yeah, very much glad that well, he's you there. You love it, don't you? I don't know exactly how it plays out. As I say, is, has it worked to his advantage or Port's advantage on the long term? Got to speculate to accumulate. True. Uh, that's what happened with Chris Waller and the team on the weekend. The Caulfield Cup was run and yep. won. They're saying it wasn't the greatest field and uh, out of the runners, there's probably not going to be a Melbourne Cup winner there, but you never really know. Durston was an emergency reach. It was number 19. It didn't get a run until there was a scratching early on Saturday morning. Here's the last 200 metres, and then it's trainer Chris Waller. At the 200, gold trip up to Numerian Knight's order, and then came Durston getting out. Gold trip, 100 metres to go just in front. Durston is coming at gold trip and got up. Durston has got up to win it for Mickey D from gold trip. Loads and loads of racing. Nature Strip was courageous only minutes ago, and... Um, yeah, we were deflated, but wow, what an amazing win there. Uh, Caulfield Cup, it's a big deal. And um, Durston, he's a really decent horse, and he was strong the last 50 metres, so not just today, it's exciting heading towards the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, and I think he's received a two-kilo penalty for that victory. Gold Trip was a good run. Uh, we've got the news coming up, then we'll have a chat with Chad Sayers, find out what's happening at the Adelaide Oval in the Sheffield Shield game, and we'll have a look at the Everest a little bit later as well. For the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. The 
36 on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Uh, getting a few texts coming through, Rooch. What sources were you getting your info from? Roochy, it says. That's in regards to your... Same place as everyone else was getting them from. Well, this one says you got this one from your Bolognese source, all right? Boom, but, boom. But Kim, everyone was saying the same thing. Five years, 800,000. It's not like it was Kane saying it or I saying it and everyone else was coming up with something. Everyone had the same line. Now, whether it is a case of a certain aspect of the partnership wanting to push out what they wanted, to push off Essendon because they were a big bidder for Isaac Rankin or to thwart Gold Coast in this whole thing, I don't know because I've been through trade periods before. I'll back you up. I think someone was just say, having a little dig, Roach. Don't get too defensive, no, but, all right? But that's, that's where we do lack transparency in this game so we know what the deals really are. All righty, let's find out what the deal is at the Adelaide mm. Oval. South Australia taking on Tasmania. It's day two. Let's go to SEN's very own. Uh, he played for Australia and took 320 first-class wickets, Roach. Chad Sayers. Hello, Chad. Hey, Bud. How are you? Not bad. Now, what's going on down there? South Australia makes 227. It's meant to be the best batting wicket in the world. And uh, Tassie nearly all out at the moment. Uh, Tassie nine for 230 at the moment. So with a little bit of a lead, but with these dropping wickets, quite hard to actually bat and, and score quite freely. So uh, as a bowler, you always feel like you're in the game. It's been a Quite arm wrestle, actually, for the last the first couple of days, which is nice. Well, Travis Head can't blame the wicket for the way he got out. He played on from a, <laughs> yeah. from a fairly ranked ball, wasn't it? Well, he just played away from his body a bit, and unfortunately for him, just in, inside edge it, so he'd be disappointed in that. But he'll be looking to get back in the batting crease in the second innings, and I'm sure he'll, he'll put a decent score on the board for the Redbacks. Right, just, you're to, the, you're Chad, the... just to go back a step here, as a cricket purist, where do you stand on the drop-ins? Well, I think it's the way to way forward, isn't it? Especially with these new stadiums and yep. um, I guess the way the the footy season's going as well. They lead it into the cricket season a little bit, so um, just to keep the the wickets fresh and um, they're working out ways now to to make it more of a contest. I think when they first yep. used dropping wickets as batting friendly, there wasn't much pace in them. So now they're leaving a bit more grass on it, which brings in a bit more swing and a bit more nip, which Brings the bowlers back into the game. Well, you're the guru, Chad. Uh, give us your take on South Australia's attack. We had Harriet Conway on a couple of weeks ago. I see Wes Agars has taken four. How do you rate the attack? Yeah, I think our bowling attack's um, really strong at the moment. We've got four quicks in this game who are uh, quite capable of taking the next step in, in the near future. And Brendan Doggett's has come back through the seconds as well today. So... Um, I've been really impressed with Wes Agar. He didn't play a game of Shield cricket last year because of injury, and he's back to his best. Jordan Buckingham's a young kid from Victoria, and he's really impressive and got a bright future over here as well. So hopefully our batters can do the job in the, in the second innings and give the bowlers a target to defend. Chad, you've been a part of the program for a long time. Do we dare to dream? It's been lean pickings if you follow the Redbacks for some time now. Yeah, well, hopefully we've got a nice proper players um, that can take us a bit further, uh, Kim, and just be more consistent. I think that's that's the key to the Red Bucks is um, we have good performances. We mm. get into the game and drive the game, and then all of a sudden we're out of it. So um, as long as both bat and ball can be consistent, then I think we're a good show. So do we have depth? Like when we will inevitably lose Travis Head and Alex Carey mm. at some stage, do we have enough depth? Is it... 
a lot of good young batters coming through. So um, with those two going and playing higher duties, it gives them the opportunity to, I guess, get some exposure at this level and then mount their case um, to play for a long time and a long period for the Redbacks. So that when Travis and Alex too come back, they're, they're going to find it hard to pick the side. Were you impressed with the recruiting that was done off-season, Chad? Yeah, I think they've brought guys in uh, to the squad that can make an impact straight away. I think we see Ben Menenti, um, yeah. who's first game for SA in Shield Cricket uh, this game and did well in his first um, one-day game as well. He, he played a gem of an innings yesterday. He's taken two screens in the slips today and he's bowled really well as well. So I think the likes of him, uh, Jordan Buckingham, Harry Conway, even Henry Thornton's come in as well. So, as we said before, the bowling depth is great. And as long as we can get, get totals to defend, I think we'll be winning a lot more games of cricket. And the development program to find these players who are locally and locally produced and will stay there and become shield players? And that's the thing, isn't it? All these recruits, you want to see your homegrown players play as well. And I think... There's a lot, of, as I said, a lot of young batters in the squad that are playing second eleven at the moment, and I think um, in time they'll become good cricketers for SA as well. Now you're part of SEN's coverage of the ICC World Cup. Uh, what are you predicting there? And uh, Australia going fairly well in their game against India at the moment. Uh, how do you reckon we're sitting? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a great World Cup. I think Australia is obviously the reigning champion, so they've. Probably got to be favourites, especially on the home grounds where they know the conditions so well. I think our, our bowling attack can fire and be a bit too quick and a bit bouncy for some of these sides. But I think uh, Pakistan have got to be a danger, don't they? Their batting mm. attack is is really on fire at the moment. They don't seem to uh, lose many wickets in 2020 games and their form coming into the World Cup is going to be great. But England showed us how good they are at the format as well, so... And you throw India into it, it's going to be a great great mix of uh, competition. Now, we've been fiddling around with our openers a little bit. Who will they decide on? Oh, I think Finch and Warner are going to get the first crack at least. Um, I think Finch is probably a big-time player. We saw him perform in the World Cup last time. So I think you can throw the form out of the, out of the uh, bin and um, I'm sure he'll, he'll do well. And obviously Warner is one of the greats of the game and um, his form leading into this World Cup has been great. And the logic behind using Cam Green when he wasn't part of the squad? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they might have just thrown him up there just to see um, how he'd play at the format and the opening position. And when he did well, they probably just wanted to keep him there. But when you're not playing in a World Cup and the World Cup's around the corner, you'll probably want the blokes in mm. the positions they're going to play. But um, it's good for Cam Green to get some exposure at 2020 cricket. And I'm sure... Uh, for his bank account and for the IPL teams, it um, gave him great exposure. So there's always a debate on how you structure a summer with all the internationals and then the short-form cricket, the Shield and everything else that has to be added in when you get a World Cup. Have they found the best calendar mix this year? Yeah, I think so. I think um, there's always going to be Shield cricket and I guess one-day cricket on while there's test matches and, and other formats for Australia. So as state teams, you just got to do the best and as well gives other... I guess young kids and players that aren't in the mix um, opportunities and then you just got to um, I guess the players that are playing all formats for Australia you just got to give them time to recover and if they need rest and you're just going to have to work that rotation policy out I guess but I think that yeah I don't think there's too much cricket around the World Cup and then 
obviously the test season um, starts after that. So I guess everyone in Australia is looking forward to the test career coming back as well. Well, Chatty, give us an update of how the Redbacks are going there at the Adelaide Oval and give us your take on how it'll unfold in the next day or two. Tassie is currently 9 for 237, so they're hanging in there. Peter Siddle and Sam Rainbird have just been a little bit of a pain. (laughs) But I'm sure uh, our batters will get out there tonight and hopefully um, get batting and get in front of the game. Um, And then, yeah, as I said, as long as we can get a total to defend... um, Hopefully Alex Carey and Trevor's head can get some runs on the board and our bowling attack can bowl us a victory on day four. I'm glad you said that, Chad, because your pun leads us to a question we should have asked. Tim Payne, how did he look? Well, not long, not there, not long, enough, there long but how, no. how did he look? <laughs> he, faced, he faced three balls of off spin, reverse swept one, and then just blocked one of the short legs. So he wasn't mm. out there very long, So um, unfortunately for him. But, and he's working the yeah, field. Yeah, it's good to see him back playing. Yeah, how was he when he was behind the stumps? Ah, he's always a class gloveman, yeah. isn't he? He's, he's probably still the best in the country. and um, Yeah, as I said, it's great to see him back playing. He looked like he was energised out in the field, running through and giving a lot of chat to the boys. So um, ah, he's a good guy and I um, hope he does well. Yeah, forgetting the reasons that he, he wasn't playing, they've been well publicised, but uh, is it good for the development of Tasmania that a 38-year-old comes back into the side or if you're the best, you're the best? Well, if I was uh, a young keeper behind you, I'd probably be disappointed. But mm. um, if you're the best gloveman, you're the best gloveman, aren't you? And obviously they've given him another chance to uh, perform at this level and I'm sure he's not going to knock it back. Good on you, Chatty. We look forward to hearing you right over the summer on SEN and through the World Cup as well. We appreciate your time. No, no worries, boys. Good to chat. There he is doing it hard down there at the Adelaide Oval. So they've got a 10-lead, Rooch. Peter Siddle, he's not going to hang around, is he, and cause a bit of pain? seen it before. Hope not, Kim. I do hope not. No, they'll be they'll have a lead of twenty, Rooch. We'll keep you across it anyway. We need to go to a break. My text coming through, Rooch. You did get a bit defensive about the spaghetti bolognese joke, and the text has come through. It was a joke, Rooch. Okay, fine, fine. I'll take it as human. Smile. They I'm trying not it. to laugh because it'll make you cough. <laughs> I'm just, there, it's happened again. Thanks a lot. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Kimbo and the Roots, thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Just had a chat to Chatty Sayers, who was live down at Adelaide Oval. Tasmania with a lead of about 10, Roots, is it? Oh, yes. I was taking your word on it. Just hang on. I'll call it up again on the old scoreboard here. I'm going to hit refresh. Yeah, Yeah, well, they're not. do the same. South Australia, Tasmania. South Australia made 227. Tasmania, according to this, is nine for 236, a lead of nine runs at the moment. Oh, that's what I had. Didn't yeah. update at all. No. All righty, we'll keep you across that. Favors, yeah. oh, we know we'd lot of people. Oh, did that make any sense? No. Oh, I didn't think it did either. I know there's a lot of people out there that love their racing. It's the spring carnival now. It's huge. Uh, we just played a little bit of the Caulfield Cup, but the Everest is a wonderful story. It's a $15 million race. $15 million. $15 million. It's the... the Largest prize money uh, for a sprint race How's in the split? world. 
Well, you have slot holders. It's all okay. very confusing. People okay. buy so the it's slots not a one, two. and then they can pick a horse. Yeah. And then they negotiate with the owners of the horse what right, percentage okay. of that 15 million they'll get. But this is an amazing story. Uh, Clayton Douglas okay. is a trainer. He's a former jockey that's been training for two years. He's the former fiancé of Jamie Carr. And uh, he's got a young horse called Giga Kick that's not even a three-year-old yet. It doesn't turn three uh, until next week. It was 21 to 1 against the world's greatest racehorse, which is called Nature Strip, which had to do it hard. It sat three and four wide, 50 metres from home, looked like it was going to win. It uh, just got a little bit puff for each and finished fourth. Let's have a listen to the last 400 metres and then the winning jockey, Craig Williams. Eduardo and Nature Strip head and head up the rise and a thriller here on the Everest and Nature Strip given the cue by McDonald and the champ races to the lead by a length on Eduardo, privatised running on, then came over past Shades of Rose, Jackano and Giga Kick, Nature Strip a length in front, privatised, Giga Kick, Giga Kick down the outside wins the Everest, the unbeaten three-year-old's done it, Giga Kick beat privatised, then Nature Strip, Jackano and I had a lot of confidence in this horse. Um, he's a really good horse. Um, he's a he's a superstar. Um, you know, I probably had the potters that he is, you know, three year old and probably wasn't good enough. But um, I had a lot of faith in him. Um, he's just a, such a professional. Um, now you can see today with the 53 kilos, ridden like that, he's he's electric. So um, yeah, a bit of a whirlwind. Um, but he wasn't in the race to make the numbers up and uh, I had a lot of faith in him so um, he's a star and uh, watch out the, the new kids on the block. This is a really big thrill. Um, the inaugural running of it five years ago I finished on Vega, finished second on Vega, Vega Magic and uh, I thought we had unfinished business. The equine athlete, the legend on this track today is Giga Kick and I'm just lucky to be part on his back. So that was Craig Williams there and we heard from the winning trainer as well Clayton Douglas so uh, Wonderful story that was, and it was a record crowd at Randwick too. It uh, usurped the previous best, which was 43,000 when Winks had its farewell race. They had 46,000 there. And you have to remember as well, a lot of people haven't been able to go to the races in recent okay. years, Rich. So if we were to do rankings of events, where's the Everest slip into now? It's a contentious, well, an interesting discussion um, because it was uh, an many, abrasive move. How many Everest have there by, been now? Sorry? How many years has it been there? Oh, about five, five now, five, yeah. six, I'm not sure. Six, six, six years six of the Everest. Is. Yeah. A lot of money there. And it's on against one of the biggest race days, the Caulfield Cup. Yep. Um, But, they, look, I'm not qualified to speak about it. We'll, we'll get someone else to talk about it, Roach, but the, the states have to work together for racing a lot better than what they do. It's this war between Victoria and New South Wales mm. and Queensland has its carnival. South Australian racing's been on its knees somewhat for some time now. Perth racing's quite strong. There is a governing body. It takes you back to the Australian National Football League. Mm. It was a toothless tiger. I think that happens in the racing world as well. But uh, they do need to work together. You don't think they can feed better. off each other, the Everest and the Caulfield Cup? Well, they they can, but there's, there's more to it than that. There's other big... Sprint races in Victoria that come up now. And oh, yes. yet, yet yeah. you've got to think of the horse. There's got to yeah. be enough space between all these races. Correct. So as it is now, jockeys have to choose between do I go to Victoria, do I go to Sydney? Oh, yeah. So it, yep. it's an interesting debate, but uh, it needs so people not like, more It's not like what me. we do with the famous royal shows around the nation where the royal shows all have their 
spot on the calendar and they're all so a, far apart so everyone can keep moving to show to show. Exactly. They get a little bit of oxygen. Yeah. Breach, we talked about the delistings. We've got about three minutes before the yes. five o'clock news, then John Casey. Yes. Interesting when you go through the clubs. We'll get through a few of them now. I haven't seen what you have done. You've had a look. Adelaide, we've seen that it's Luke Brown, Ben Davis, Billy Frampton, James Rowe, Brett Turner gone. Uh, we believe Brett Turner will be relisted. Yeah, Billy Frampton's now at Collingwood. The only one you now can debate, James Rowe. Does he find his way back to Adelaide as a rookie-listed player? Would you pick him up? Uh, I don't think he'll find his way back to Adelaide. Okay. Not now. There's, there are too many players that are too similar. Well, we heard so much about the Western Bulldogs, but we don't think that one's developed any further. I, I would imagine he goes back to the Eagles. Yeah, I've got a, a big question mark. Yeah. Brett Turner, I say, will get a chance. Uh, we'll go to Brisbane. We'll just quickly go through some of the players. That, uh, oh, there's a big one to debate there at Brisbane, isn't there? Mitch Robinson. He's still got something, hasn't he? he where, bring, but where does he, where does he take it? Where does he best fit that energy and that? And he would have that eagerness to say, I do have something left in mm. me. So he'll contribute. And like but you where said, does he, fit? he has an energy oh, that yeah. adds value to yep. an organisation. But Brisbane... Although well, they're stacked with talent. Yeah, they, and they think he's past his use-by date. Yep. So I've, I've got the, uh, the orange marker alongside of him that uh, he's a chance to get picked up. I'm not sure of the club that he'd be suitable to go to, but I think he's but, got but what something What sort worth. of definition would you put against him as to what... It's, what sort of club are we talking about that fits Mitch Robertson at the moment? Well, that's what I'm not sure of. So you don't... He's not a finishing player, is he, in the sense that you need mm. someone to finish your squad with? Or is he the player like we've seen in recent years where Jordan Lewis, uh, Luke Hodge move into a younger group? Well, I'm not going to say gold case because that's what everyone throws Yeah, that's gold exactly. Case. I'll tell you, I think he'd be handy at the Western Bulldogs. That's a thought. Well, Lockie Hunter's gone. Yeah. Um, he just gives that energy. Him and Liberatore, they could feed off each other. Not sure he'll get another gig, though, Rooch. Uh, Collingwood, haven't heard anything yet, if anyone can update us, regarding Callum Brown and his brother Tyler Brown, but I think they've got AFL football list left in them. The other one who's interesting because he's not, and there's, look, there's still room to change these lists, is Caleb Poulter, we know from Woodville West Torres. Mm. Didn't get a contract and was told you have to wait till the end of the trade period to see where it's at. Intrigued as to where he finishes up. He might be rookie listed, I think. At uh, Collingwood. Yep. I think, okay. he'll, I think yep. he'll stay there. Um, Liam Stocker, I haven't seen enough of at Carlton. And, uh, gee, he got no, some publicity, no. didn't he? But uh, he's been delisted, so I haven't got an opinion there. The local One, the local boy there, Luke Parks. Yeah, he was part of that mid-season sort of rookie stuff. Now, yeah. defender. Not looking good. No, I wouldn't have thought so, but anyway. Yeah, the one that really interests me, we're right on five o'clock, is Quinton Narkel. Now, he yes. was picked 60 in the 2016 draft. He's only 24, played 41 games for one of the best clubs in the business. It's a hard club to break into. 17 goals. I think he has something to offer. So I'd be interested to see if someone grabs him. And the other one on that delisted list from Geelong is Francis Evan, who has been linked mm. with Port Adelaide for such a long time. You can have your view. there for it. Yeah, you can have your views on that. 0427154166. We're going to talk basketball next with John Casey. Kimbo on the reach with you. Three minutes past five on a Monday afternoon. We're here thanks to our good friends at Hyundai. Tech driver Hyundai, Tucson turbo diesel, all-wheel drive today. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. I can tell you at the Adelaide Oval, oh, the tail, they're yes. lingering. 
Nine for 245, so an 18-point lead Tasmania has over South run Australia. run lead, thank you. What did I say? Point. Oh, that's because we're talking basketball. Now I'm blaming medication. All right, let's go to our next guest who was kind enough to fill in, Roach. Yes, he was very good. Did a wonderful, good. wonderful good. job when I was off crook. Johnny Casey, the voice of basketball. Hello, John. G'day there, Kimbo. Nice to have you back on deck and always good to be talking to the Roach. Ah, now, Johnny, let's jump into things. Uh, the Adelaide 36ers had a win over the Hawks on Saturday afternoon, 90 to 80. Can I just drag up something that you were probably asked last week? This going to America at the time in the preseason that they do, a week out from their first game, is it an ideal preparation? Uh, look, no, not ideal given that, you know, the circumstances of coming, all that travel to come oh. back and then a, a, what could have been had an impact in their first up performance. Um, look, there have been 12 teams from the NBL who have gone to the United States and in their first game back, only four of the 12 have won. So you would have to say it could yep. have an impact. There's a lot of travel. It's probably not ideal. But having said that, um, you know, two of the last three teams that went over to the U.S., have come back and won the championship. So in terms of the whole season, it doesn't ruin your season. It just it can be difficult to win first up when you come back. Um, but I think that would be using it as an excuse, really, because Tasmania were just far too good for the 36ers in their opening night game on Thursday. And they proved that by beating Melbourne United yesterday in Melbourne. And Tassie, their coach, Scott Roth, is the reigning coach of the year for a reason. He is the best coach in the NBL right now. I knew you'd have an answer, Case, but I think the same thing happened last year and the year before. So that's why I wanted to ask the question. But you had all the statistical information as on, we knew you well, would. You know, on the other uh, side, but John. You know, it's interesting. Um, can I just add to yeah. that? Because it's interesting. I called a game on Saturday with Adam Gibson and Pete Hawley, who had both been in that situation. Adam Gibson with Brisbane uh-huh. a couple of years ago uh-huh. and Pete Hawley with Melbourne United. And they both said they were not surprised that Adelaide came back and threw up a poor performance to start with because yep. from their own experience, you are flat, you're tired, you're working hard because it's pre-season, so you're putting in a lot of work, uh, you know, going twice a day. Um, so they weren't surprised at all. But having said all that, I think they just need a cup of cement because mm-hmm. we saw arguably the best women's player in the world come to the Women's World Championship in Sydney just over two weeks ago, flew in from Las Vegas and had 20 points, eight rebounds on less than 24 hours sleep. So I think uh, it can be done and it would be using it as an excuse and certainly devaluing the great performance from Tasmania because they were just outstanding in that game. Right, I'll just to leave f- it as an editorial comment. I don't think it's the best preparation. Then they had to do a kids coaching <laughs> clinic the first <laughs> couple of days. But if but that's John, the way it is. Fill in the other side of the equation. What do they get out of going to the U.S.? Well, they've got worldwide notoriety now and the reputation of the club and the NBL's gone through the roof in basketball eyes worldwide. Yeah, but they got some the agreements in place, seven years, they? they were able to beat an NBA team. Yeah, but they've got some um, agreements in place as to why they do it, haven't they? And there's some commercial agreements that work for the six Without a doubt, yes. I mean, financially, uh, in terms of brand awareness, yeah. uh, in terms of all those off-court things, it's a worthwhile exercise. Yeah. And uh, look, I think if the Adelaide 36ers were invited to do a game next year, then owner Grant Kelly and coach CJ Bruton, the players, they'd be straight back on the plane and say, well, let's do it again. Okay. I just reckon an extra week, two weeks. All right, we'll let that one go. Hey, there's still one game <laughs> of this weekend's round, or this week's round to go tonight. That's the Hawks. They're hosting the New Zealand Breakers, 7pm Adelaide time. Uh, how's that one going to unfold? Well, look, you'd be hard-pressed to tip against the New Zealand Breakers at the moment because they were outstanding against the Phoenix on Saturday night. They, they're short-handed at the moment. They didn't have their highest-scoring player in the lineup, 
and they were still able to beat the Phoenix, who look as though they've got problems at the moment. So they're struggling big time, South East Melbourne. But winning form is good form. The Breakers won on Saturday night. Illawarra couldn't beat Adelaide on Saturday night. Even though it's in Illawarra, I think the New Zealand Breakers are good enough to get the win there, and that would be great for them because finally they're playing some home games, although they've only had one so far this season. But uh, they've got a new coach and a largely uh, different lineup from last year. So I think the Breakers can win against the Hawks tonight. John, can we now say this is CJ's team at the Sixers and are they playing that all-entertaining Robbie Williams, I'm here to entertain you basketball that CJ <laughs> promised us? I think they are. It is CJ's team because he's had the opportunity now to recruit players. New players have come in. And they do play an entertaining style of game. And it's going to be a high-risk, high-reward style of game because they want to get up the floor. They want to crank up a lot of threes. But that's the modern game at the moment. And I'm all for it. I think that, uh, you know, basketball, as it tries to grow itself, and Larry Kesselman, the owner of the league, has said he wants it to be the number one summer sport in Australia, overtaking cricket. I think it's already overtaken the... uh, the uh, A-League in terms of what they're doing. Uh, So they're going to have to play an entertaining brand of basketball. And that's what CJ wants to do. His dad did it famously as well before him. And I think the 36ers fans are certainly going to be entertained, but you have to take the good with the bad. So on a night when you have a bad shooting night, uh, things may not go the result way that you want, but you're certainly going to be entertained. So get down and watch the 36ers at home. The next home game, Friday the 28th. So they're not home until Friday week, but to try and get some tickets because New Zealand come to town on that Friday night and the breakers are good to watch as well. Do you have any influence there, John? Uh, Sorry, what was that, Rooch? Do you have any influence at the Sixers? Have you got power? Uh, (laughs) None at all. I I try and keep myself... uh, I'm independent. I have to cover all teams of the NBL. So uh, while I'm regularly at Adelaide Games, uh, I don't have any pull there, though. I want to start a campaign. Yes. I want to get the press bench back to a point where they can actually see the court. If people are going to turn up at a time when we've struggled to get, you know, media writers two games that in the COVID period, they've got to put the yep. press bench back on the court. Well, this is clearly you weren't happy with the seat you had at the last game, Rooch. This is obvious. <laughs> this is. I wonder I where you're heading. See the court. I thought you were going to call it. Say we're going to rename the, the entertainment. Well, we've been there the before. Crush house, but no, know. seriously, at a time when people are coming back to the game instead of doing it out of studios. Let's get the press bench back. Well, look, I hear what you're saying, Rooch, but unfortunately, circumstances in this day and age uh, don't allow that. You should the scoring bench there. I'm not quite sure what half the people do, but there's a very long scorer's bench, and they all have important roles. Mm. Radio on our court side. We do have a position for TV court side as well. But um, I think, you know, we're, if, I, if I'm right in saying where these, uh, the media bench was uh, on Thursday night, the night I was there, uh, not a great view, but still a view of the court. Rich, could you ring him up in private to ask a question like that? That interested five people, five at best. We'll get some action. We'll get some action. Let's talk about something that makes a bit more sense. The uh, finals format for 22-23, they've introduced the wild card. That's right, they have. So it's just throwing another an element into it, and I like it. Uh, you know, it's been used in other sports and in other basketball leagues around the world also. Um, so I don't mind it because sometimes you'll find that teams finish close to the finals and just miss out, and they're probably better performed than some of the teams in the finals. And if we take last season, for example, Tasmania finished in fourth position with 17 wins. They knocked out Perth in the last game of the season when the Wildcats lost to the Phoenix. So fourth had 17, fifth had 16, and the Phoenix was sixth with 15, and that was five games back to Adelaide. So I think when you've got, and invariably it does happen in the NBL, uh, 
uh, and we see it a lot in the AFL as well, where the team that's the first position outside the finals, sometimes they're in great form and they're probably more, well, wouldn't be more deserving because they didn't win enough games. But, you know, I like the idea of expanding it just to a one-game knockout um, and rewarding the teams that finish top two and uh, working out a plan where you do have a wild-card scenario. I can't see a negative to it. I just see lots of positives. It's so one and Craig two, Hutchison's yeah. fingerprints all over that. that so one and two get, it has, hasn't it? get the first weekend <laughs> off, three and four yep. play to then see the loser play the winner of the wild-card between five and six, and then we're in the semi-final mode between... One and whoever the other two teams, one and two versus the other two teams. Interesting format. Yeah, so as I say, I just think it gives you an opportunity to expand the finals yep. uh, a little bit and give teams that perhaps uh, just give them one crack at it. You know, you have to play someone who's been got a far superior record to you, yep. and but if your form's good enough, then you'll earn your spot in the finals. And I think it just adds an, another element uh, of entertainment and intrigue to the competition. So... I think it's a good thing for the basketball here in Australia. Last one case, the Sixers travel to Sydney. Uh, they take on the Kings this Friday night. The Kings are sitting on the top of the table. They're 4-1. and one. Adelaide have played just the 2-1-1. One and one. Do we get an idea of where we're at in this game? Oh, look, I think Adelaide can win the game. Uh, Paul Smith, the owner of the Sydney Kings, is very outspoken, is already revving up proceedings and... Uh, He's been uh, taking a couple of shots at the Adelaide 36ers and saying, oh, here's the great team I hear that beat the Phoenix Suns. The Golden State Warriors are coming to Sydney. Oh, we all better get excited. Here they come. You know, he's really talking it up. He's quite a showman and he does a good job of it. So there's a little bit of spice involved. And uh, I think that's only going to make the 36ers hungrier to win because, you know, Sydney have been uh, one of the best teams in the competition for a while and they have a great roster. The Cairns Taipans went there and beat them, of course, and that was quite a shock win on Friday night. And so that will give Adelaide some heart as well. In fact, road teams have had an extraordinary run of it of late. To, you know, Adelaide won on Saturday night. But prior to that, five the last five games were won on the road. And after Adelaide, New Zealand beat the Phoenix in Melbourne. Tasmania beat Melbourne. Sydney went to Brisbane yesterday and won. And I think New Zealand are going to beat Illawarra. So there'll be more teams with one on the road than one at home when we get to the end of round three here tonight. Okay, it's always great to have a chat. Maybe we need this bloke from the Kings to say that uh, the 36ers are arrogant and entitled. That might get it all revved up. <laughs> Appreciate your time, all, Johnny. Mate, all good fun and uh, always enjoy chatting with you and the Roach. So Thanks, uh, keep up the good work and ch- check us out with Bungie and Brett's at 9.30 on Sunday on SEN. We have some fun there as well. We will. It's a great show every Sunday right here on SEN 1629. John Casey's an absolute ripper. Tasmania all out for 245, Roach. Uh, what's that? 18. As a lead, yep. And we're none for four. Well, it's a good start. None for four. We're only 14 behind. Yes. We're in it up to our eyeballs. Yes. All right, <laughs> we'll take a break, then we'll come back. We'll talk about some of these delisted players that may get another opportunity. Rich. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Done for the day. We're here thanks to Hyundai, tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, all-wheel drive. Do it today. They're wonderful cars. Uh, Redbacks still just on four, so trailing by 14 as they uh, get into their second innings, Roach. McGain Real Estate. We love them dearly. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah, sold by McGain again. Let's uh, do the weekend wrap, Roach. How many opens were there? They had 38. 38. How many groups of buyers went through those 38 properties? 521. 
Gee, a lot of people still looking for properties. Well, there must have been a typo last week because we had 6,400 and something in last is, week's is update. Right? Was, was there a 6, typo? Was it real or not? Oh, no, I don't know. I can assume it was a typo, but I haven't been told one way or the other. I'll find out. Uh, how many offers were made on those 38 properties? 135. And how many sold, Rooge? Mark Bickley, 26. 26. Ah, oh, the skip. The dual premiership captain. And that's why everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up saying, sold by McGain again. He does a little bit of work for McGain. He does. As well, mentoring their, yes. their staff. And uh, Mike McGain, oh, Mike McGain, Mike Dobbin, yes. who owns McGain Real Estate, sent me a text on the weekend. He was in Port Vincent. I think he's looking for a property there, Rich. Oh, so Zoe Ball does all the work again at the weekend. Well, he's allowed to have some family life, Rooch. He right. took, he took um, his lovely wife, Amanda, and the family over, the kids over. Yeah, Rich. just having a look. Tell if he buys there, that won't be good for my health, I'll tell you. Really? Uh, Rooch. Not that your health is in great shape at the moment anyway. Oh, well, that was partly from him, I think. He, he oh. had the dreaded lurgy as well. Has he got rid of it? Um, he's still struggling with a bit of a cough as well. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, Roach, uh, some bad news for the Adelaide Crows. Yes, Chelsea Randall, the captain, will be in the rehab room for three weeks minimum, maybe five, after suffering a high-grade ankle sprain. In one of those moments that is truly Chelsea Randall, mm. plays as a fearless player, went into a marking contest, landed awkwardly, has the ankle in a bad place. Now, three to five weeks puts her... Well, if she's going to be part of Adelaide's finals campaign, they're looking at needing probably seeing her preliminary final stage if if that's where they fall into or grand yeah, final. Well, just fingers crossed. It was certainly a nasty one. Watched yeah. it and saw the slow-mo replay. Just having a look to see if the reports have come out yet from those games. AFLW well. match review. Yeah, haven't seen that yet. I think they, they come in late on Monday. Yeah, well, I think the young girl from Brisbane will be in a spot of bother. Right. That uh, created the stitches in the yes. lip of Chelsea Randall. Uh, let's have a listen, though, to the coach, Lauren Arnell of Port Adelaide, after their 25-point loss. We were able to really take it up to him for a half a footy. Um, I am proud of that, and I think we just continue to learn. Something we need to continue to work on is how we're more efficient inside 50. I think we still generated 28 inside 50s, so I just had a quick look. I think that was 35, so, you know, seven less inside 50s for a hell of a lot less looks at goal. You know, we've got to get better at it. It was a earlier-than-expected start, although we've had a fair bit of debate as to when the AFLW should be played. Are you liking August to December? I don't mind it. Is it the best place for it? Mm, yes, didn't like it through the finals that much. We haven't had the issues of heat, which is important. No, we just so, play night games, Rooch. Yeah, but in some places they can't, Kim. They don't have the facilities for it. Well, who doesn't? Alberton, not yet. Well, get some lights then. Well, it'd be nice to do so, Kim, but it's not like as if I just go to the shop and go get some light bulbs. Well, well everyone in Parliament bit. supports a porter. <laughs> Have a chat to the big chief. And where's Peter Adelaide going to play its night games? Where's what? Adelaide going to play its night games. Bebby. Right. We've sorted that out, have we? Eventually. <laughs> we have sorted Thebby out, have we? Oh, I think it, it'll get sorted. Won't it? I, I hope, hope so. I hope it doesn't. Oh, I know. We all want them in the city, yeah. but then that um, brings a whole different debate as to where they play in the city and can they get lights for that venue. Hey, here's a text that makes a little bit of sense given okay. Chelsea Randall's injury. Yep. Um, there's no name attached to it, but it says, do they have a bye before the girls' finals or before the grand final? Oh, I'll get the I fixture. Wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine 
that they. I think they just go, just keep going, don't they? Yeah. Hey, Rich, just going through as as we uh, get into a little bit of junk time here. We've only got a couple of minutes remaining. We've got the AFL delisting and trades and retirements, and uh, there's 99. Did you say? Ninety nine, I'm told, as of after the four that were added to North Melbourne that include Jed Anderson. Now, does he get a third club, Kim? Does Jed find his way at the age of twenty eight and hundred plus games? Does he find his a place somewhere else? He would have been gutted. I'm not sure what the club is, given that Matt Crouch couldn't find one. Just thought I'd bring his name up before the end of the show. Well, did we get to, Sid- did we get to Sydney Stack one. before? No, but I'm just turning the page and saw Sydney Stack and got a line on him, does he find that second chance? Because he's a talent. I mean, yeah. He's had some issues, but he's a talent. 22 years of age. He was a pre-season pick in 2019. 35 games, 17 goals. Uh, I think someone will take a chance on him. Yep. Thanks for your company today. God willing, we'll be back and do it all again tomorrow. I hope so. Good night, everyone. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.